The information and themes discussed in this podcast are of a sensitive nature. If you or anyone you know requires support, please call Lifeline on 13 11 14. Money Mind, expanding your mind when it comes to money matters. Here's your host, Tanya Carlson from Amplify Wealth Management. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Money Mind. Uh, Today, we're doing something a little different. This is the first time uh, we're going to welcome a guest back for another episode. Uh, Some of you might remember Colin Cuthbert. His episode was recorded early in 2022, and at that time, he was the Managing Director of Airs Management. After his episode went live, some of our audience and social media participants even referred to Colin as Australia's Ted Lasso. Um, However, the title of Ted Lasso may have been more prophetic uh, in many ways than first thought, and the last 12 months have been full of enormous change for Colin, and he's kindly and very bravely going to share some of his experiences with you today. Welcome back, Colin. Thanks, Tanya. Thanks for inviting us back. Appreciate it. No problem problem. Lovely to have you as always. I know you've got a little cold, so hopefully uh, we'll get through it okay. But um, I wanted to start our chat today by reading out some of the LinkedIn posts that you wrote in May this year, if I can. that okay with you? Of course it is. No problem. I'm going to read it in Fabulous. Um, I'm going to read it in a few parts because I I guess I want to break down some of it and, and talk through it. But I'll start with the beginning. What a difference a year makes. This time last year, I was just waking up in a mental health unit, tired, confused, no purpose, or so I thought at the time, and lost all sense of reality. My brain had gone into overdrive and I couldn't stop it. A month before, I'd just successfully sold heirs after 11 years. The due diligence process we went through was long and arduous. I'm not a good sleeper at the best of times, but this time, It was off the charts. I hadn't slept a wink for over seven days. I was supposed to feel happy, over the moon, a sense of achievement. I'm going to stop there. And I guess the thing that that really shocks me in that sort of opening sort of paragraphs is the fact of not sleeping for seven days. That must have just, I don't even know how you do that. Can you tell me about what had sort of led to that point for you? What had been going on? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've I've, I've never been... An amazing sleeper, anyway, because I, I overthink things. And it's not bad thoughts. It's uh, I think my yeah. brain's just wired up and connected. I'm always thinking, what next? Opportunities for people, opportunities for me. Um, but yeah. what led me to that point? I think it goes back to actually maybe a COVID period. But um, you know, I, w- I won't harp on about that because I think I harped on about that last time. Um, but yeah, we we were approached in the business about a uh, pretty pretty year, year and a half prior to that. Um, there's a big American company looking looking to acquire us, yeah. And um, yeah, we so we sort of started going going down that route of uh, being acquired as opposed to acquiring a competitor. And obviously, that that sort of eighteen months prior, um, we were just coming out of the COVID period. So I think there was a lot of brushing around, making sure that the business was still alive, which yeah. it was, making sure that everyone was happy. Yeah. So you know, fast forward to that point, you know, going back to your question the 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 uh what led me to that point initially we were told about the uh the, the due diligence process was going to take about four or five weeks and right. of course you think well, four or five four or five weeks isn't a long time yeah um and that uh, that due diligence process lasted um from what i recall 
about 15, 16, 17 months. Oh, so, goodness, okay. Um, you know, maybe those, if, if anyone is looking to um, sell a business, the due diligence process can be quite arduous. Yeah. Um, interesting enough, we'd acquired a business years before and our, our due diligence process on the other company lasted about four or five weeks. Right, okay, um, so there's a variation. So, yeah, and I, I, I actually felt that there's, it, it felt like an interrogation Mm. Um, throughout the whole process and not that it was meant to be like that but yeah. maybe that was just me overthinking but I think when you're a due diligence process um, you're up on stage you're on in, in, in lights and yeah. um, ultimately I, I suppose the purchaser is looking to purchase a business at the cheapest price mm. and, and looking for, for anything that you've um, incorrectly done missed and I'd never never been through that process before but of course you got to run a business and you're going through that. So there was a hell of a lot of things going on and it, it was a massive lack of, I didn't realise it at the time. Yes. Because I kept going. I kept, I, yeah, just kept going, kept going, kept going and just got to that point, you know, and when you realise that you haven't slept for seven to ten days, you, you, your body is going to come to a standstill. Yeah, it's going to tell you. <laughs> yeah, it's going to cause another problem, isn't it? <laughs> and I can assure it does, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure, and we'll, we'll, we'll sort of talk about that. I think another sentence that you wrote there that really um, struck a chord with me is that you you said, I was supposed to feel happy over the moon, a sense of achievement. And, and I wonder what you think the reason is that as humans we think we should know how to feel even though we've never gone through something before. I mean, is that just an expectation or something we see in the movies or where, where do you think that comes from? Or in your situation, do you think there's a reason why you might think that? Maybe all of the above that you just mentioned. Um, I, I, I suppose when you – to, to me, when I, set, when I um, got involved in the business or a business partner, um, there was, it, wasn't, it wasn't about selling the business or – you know, looking to achieve a sale. It, 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 it was a journey along the way yep. that we wanted to build up a business and it became possible. Yes. So I suppose, yes, when you run a business, there's a monetary value in it, yeah. um, good or bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I suppose when you hear of people selling businesses, you go, wow, that's amazing, that's, that's unbelievable. Um, so yeah, maybe it's the movies, maybe it's mates, maybe it's things you see in social media, but, um, it's actually interesting going back when I went through that due diligence process and when it became near enough final, one of my really good mates reached out to me and he'd spoken to his wife. He said, I'm going to have to look out for Carl. Right. So he told me this after the event. I said, what did you mean? I'm going to be fine. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to have a, a decent bit of money in the bank. Yeah. I can do what I like. I've still got a job, you know, with this other company. Yeah. And I think he'd already sort of read what might happen, not to the extent it did happen. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I've obviously had conversations with him and, you know, he felt that because uh, my life was so involved with theirs. Yes. And then all of a sudden that was going to change. I didn't I didn't necessarily foresee that. Yeah. And that's probably one of one of the main problems. Yeah, and I think that's that's a really interesting point, actually. Um, and I think, you know, we so often forget how our business is our baby, um, you know, a, a, and I think that we um, 
We pour ourselves into growing a business because, again, I don't know, that's what we're told to do. Um, bigger is better or, or there's opportunity and, and scaling and growing a business is, is something that we can recognise that we can do and do. Um, in fact, I know the last time we spoke on our last episode, I recall you talked about one of your board meetings where business revenue was at $22 million and Pat had said in five years' time I think the business could have $100 million of revenue and that seemed like a big step. And I think isn't it interesting when you look back um, because we don't also do this as business owners, we don't look back and, and pat ourselves on the back of where we've come from and where we've got to, got to. We just keep pushing forward thinking that there's more and more and more to give as opposed to just sort of saying, well, where do we want to take this? So I think that's always, yeah, something we've got to some, sometimes stop and remember that um, be, be happy from where you got to. I will come back to where your your mate has sort of stepped in and, and obviously thought that things would would be different for you. But I'm going to read a little bit more of what you wrote in May this year, if I can. The next part you wrote was, I guess, about how you were feeling. And, and you, you wrote this, I felt empty, guilty, lonely. I'd let people down. I didn't deserve the reward from the sale. I'm normally a glass half full type of person, but my head was telling me different and I couldn't get away from it. I became delusional and paranoid to the highest order. I mean, that's really strong feelings um, in, in a very negative light. And I think most of us that know you and even people that have listened to you previously know that you're, you are a very positive person. So you were obviously not in a great headspace. But again, that's so so conflicted to what we think would happen when a sale has finally gone ahead. And we're talking large amounts of money. Uh, it was a big big opportunity for the business. It was certainly going to make a difference for your family um, and, and tick a lot of those boxes that we just mentioned there. Do you think that was because of the lack of sleep? Uh, again, look at, looking back 100%, um, in, interesting in, in the build-up to that um, event, the sale had actually happened. Money was in the bank. I'd still got a job yep. with Ayers or, the, or the, the, the new owners of the business. Yep. But I think with a lack of sleep, I, 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 I actually, I, I vividly remember so many things about how it happened, what happened. I could write a book on it. I won't because it will bore people to death. But um, <laughs> it, it was on or around my birthday. Yeah. And um, the, the process of the acquisition had, had happened. Money was in the bank. And I think it was the money. You look at it and go, you know, I'm just a, not so young anymore, but young lad from Chesham. Yeah. Working class family. Um, you know, mum and dad gave us as much as they could, but it wasn't monetary. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I think what hit me was I don't deserve this. Mm. Um, and I, I've always looked at all the staff, you know, that helped build the business as family. Yeah. And something just, it just, well, not something, it was it was over a period of time, over those sort of seven to ten, ten days, my mind just went loopy. Mm. Um, and it was, why have I got this money? My mates haven't got this money. The staff deserve more. Um, I don't deserve it. I'd even taken this watch off that I bought for my 40th birthday and I'd given it to – I'd actually reached, reached out to my son. I said – because I've always said when he gets to 21, I'll give it to him. Yeah. And he's only just turned 15, so, you know, obviously he was 13, 14 at yeah. the time. And I tried to give him the watch and he turned around and he said, I don't want it. Yeah. And I saw that as a rejection. Right. That he didn't want something materialistic. And we're not materialistic people no. at all. yeah. So – Looking back on the situation, and um, what I didn't realise that I was, um, I was at 
and, and medically proven, you know, it was it was a, a psychosis episode. Mm. Now, for anyone listening, I don't do drugs. I've never done drugs. Yeah. And um, it, it was, it's, it's nothing to do with that. It was just purely and simply a massive case of sleep deprivation, yeah. chronic, you know, continued stress. Yeah. And my mind had just got to this stage where I think I was hallucinating, I was delusional, yeah. you know, to the highest order. Yeah. And, you know, I know I wrote that, but to, to the extent, two or three weeks prior to that, when I say two or three weeks prior to that, I'll come back to that moment in a second. We, we'd actually been, years and years ago, we, we'd been competing with a fraudulent company. Yes, sir, I remember um, that. Mm. Um, I won't mention the names, mm. but, you know, I, I think anyone <laughs> in Australia, um, you know. Yes, been on TV. Yeah. What, <laughs> it's been on TV. There's, there's been documentaries. Yes. And there was an article in the paper around this particular company about two weeks in the build-up to all this stress. Right. And I'd read it, and there was they'd obviously been through a massive investigation. And because they're a competitor, you know, I read all, all into it. And, you know, I'd known about this for years, and, of course, when it came out in the papers over the years, it came back to fruition in my head. Okay. And in my delusional state, yeah. I started believing that the due diligence for those 16, 17 months was actually a setup. Right. So – yeah. I started thinking that, you know, the money that I'd received and what I thought in my head towards the end of the investigation or the interrogation, yes. and when I was reading the papers, I'm thinking that face of that individual that's actually done something wrong, I started believing that was me. Right, okay. Um, so, of, of course, you know, um, when, when, I actually, when, when my best, best mate who, who actually made that comment about, I've got to look out for Cole when this cell so happens because yeah. he's not got the same purpose. Yeah. Um, he actually, I walked out of a meeting and um, he came in to, to pick us up and said, mate, I've found out that you've walked out of a meeting. This is unusual for you. Yeah. Um, I believed at that time that he was tapped up to the federal police. Oh, I see. Um, so my, my, my delusional paranormal state yeah. was, was just like, say, absolutely everybody at the highest order. Yeah. It's like, say, the, the money's been entered into my account. And again, you know, going back to, I, I didn't think I deserved it. I felt guilty. Yeah. I felt guilty that I'd received all the money and all the staff, whilst we gave staff bonuses, yeah. I started feeling I hadn't given him enough. Yeah. Um, I thought they were all going to start leaving. Um, it was just, just, just crazy. Yeah, that's pure exhaustion, isn't it? That you've started to just take mm. it to a next level of, of paranoia. It's, it's so hard, isn't it? I mean, I think the word "deserving" to me is really interesting, and the fact that you, I guess, the paranoia aside, and the fact that you were maybe making comparisons to that competitor at that time, I think that shows the delusional state and that exhausted state of your mind, because, um, you know. <laughs> That's a completely, completely different story, and that was pure fraud. This is just a business mm. success story, but but a very arduous, long process to get there. Why do you think we and and you in particular? But I don't think this is just something that's that's related to Colin Cuthbert. I think most people have feelings, and I think most people who are successful in business have certain times where they feel undeserving and that money produces a, a sort of a, a bad taste in your mouth at, at some stage. Do you have any thoughts on why that is? I've got my thoughts and I think there's language around money 
If you think about some of the common sayings that we grew up with, money is the root of all uh, root of all evil. Money doesn't go on trees. There's negative connotations with money. Now it may have been in in our days of growing up that we didn't come from money, and so therefore it was frowned upon. And people back in the day with money may not have been generous or kind people. But I don't think that's always the case. What do you think it might have been for you? Um. How do you feel now? Because you're not delusional today. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. No, no, I'm, I'm fine. And let's say you know, I think it's one of the reasons I actually posted something on LinkedIn because I, I do believe. I think you know at the moment, you know, I think there's, and I've spoken to many business owners about this. I think there's, there's a PTSD of people coming. Whilst COVID's not still an issue, I think people have been running at such a pace yep. for so long. Yeah. And people thought they were going to lose their businesses, their houses and everything. And, you know, the slight hint of something happen, happening, people just freak out. Yeah. And there's already the amount of stress. They're exhausted. They're tired already. Yeah. And it's a constant running. Um, but, you know, going back to your question, where did it come from for me? I think, again, it's, it's, it's probably it's, – it's, it's inset for me, maybe, because, you know, <laughs> again, mum and dad didn't come from money. They, 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 they got good working class of, you know, dad's passed away now, but, um, good working class ethics yeah. um, that you've got to go out, you've got to earn. It doesn't grow on trees. So it was living day to day, living week to week. Um, and of course, you know, for me, yeah, I'm a worker. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm a, I think I'm a hard worker You are. and, and all the stuff, all the staff at Ayers are. Yeah. And you know, when, when the transaction happened, I felt, well, why do I deserve all of this reward? Mm. Because my parents didn't have it. And, you know, money it, it, it's, it, it is the root of all evil, but it's, it makes, fortunately or unfortunately, it makes the, the, the world go right round. Yeah, I, I, I can agree with that. I think what's interesting is that you were acknowledging that it was a team effort for heirs to get where it where it got to, and I, I would agree with that. I think every company's success is 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 a team effort. But um, I guess what I saw of you was, you know, your leadership and guidance, your long hours, your commitment, your weekend work, the things that maybe not everybody in the team always did, your ability to show up and show up at the highest order each time and motivate everybody to stay committed is what you were rewarded for. And I think we don't often recognise what it takes to lead a business and grow a business. It's not easy ever. <laughs> um, there's constant... You'd know, you, you, you know that. Well, <laughs> my business uh, isn't as accessible as as, as is, but um, but certainly it doesn't well, matter. How do you, you define that? Yeah, well, that's true, subjective actually. Comment. It, subjective comment. 100%, 100%. And, and that's right, actually. I think all of us struggle to define what success is or looks like, um, and it's individual. So you're right. That's something that, that it needs to be. I was probably comparing... Revenue and profit. <laughs> well, they're, 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 therein lies the problem, I think. Yeah. Well, not the problem, you know, m maybe the conversation. Mm. That's what we do. I think, you know, business owners and anyone listening that's a business owner, and, you know, I've, I've, I'm consulting to a couple. Um, I've spoken to many prior to acquisition, post-acquisition, and social media's also also got something to answer for this as well. Definitely. You know, it, it, we, we generally get into business – we love something or 
you know, we want to move away from something and do we just want to pay the bills or do we want to grow? And, you know, again, going back to when I first got into airs, we had two members of staff, $22 million turnover. You know, this number was plucked out. Let's get to a hundred million. And then we somehow got to 265. And it's, it seems if you've got a growth mindset, it's growth. It's well, let's get more staff. We've got to add more in, get revenue, get more profit. Sometimes you don't always get more profit. And that generally is, is the, the meterage. That's the stick yeah. of, of, of what's good. Um, and yeah, business owners go through so much pain yeah. um, and hurt. You know, some people might look at the nice car. They might look at the, the holiday or, or the house. You know, there's some falseness for some people that do have those nice houses, yeah. but they can't necessarily afford it. And, and that's maybe social media or they want to be seen as, I'm doing really well. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, the stress that goes into a business, again, as, as, as you know, you know, can be quite stressful. And every day you do have to turn up and you, you've got to switch on because you don't want the staff to know that there's things going on behind the scenes because – you don't want to put them in fear. That's right. Um, yeah. So, yeah, sometimes you do have to put on a brave, brave face. But, yeah, I, I, going back to that money point, yeah, very subjective about what is good business and bad business and, you know, what, what makes us happy. Um, and, look, I think that's why we, we wanted to talk about this today. I know you're very passionate about recognising um, what you went through and you, you've even said to me that you've seen it in other people that you, you know well and you're concerned that, um, we don't talk about these sorts of things very often. It can be behind closed doors or nobody wants to acknowledge about it, uh, uh, these sorts of things. And I think what we're trying to do is shed some education, I think, on the price of success in a way, um, that it it doesn't come easily and what is the price and what does it mean. Um, but also let's talk about uh, exhaustion, stress, breakdowns, whatever you want to call it, uh, psychosis even, so that people can relate because I think what we need to do more of is tell stories and share so that people don't feel alone and they don't feel judged or undeserving um, because for me those words when I read your post, they kind of hurt me for you because I know what you've put into your career. I know how much you valued your team and and I know how hard you work to get there. And it, it was such a shame for me to see that you were feeling the opposite of what I thought you deserved at that time. Um, but I guess it was probably driven by that, that mental state of just, just pure exhaustion and stress and, and overload, almost overstimulation, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I was always switched on. It's, it's interesting post what happened. And I'm so glad my wife took me to hospital. I mean, I was, you know, and I, I'm... I'm happy to say this online i was in a suicidal state i'd never never got to that stage before and i'm fortunate that was why i wanted to tell the story because you know yes my situation i I hope it doesn't happen to anyone else yeah but i think there is that there's this stigma still with mental health yeah there is um and you know generally speaking most people don't want to talk about it in fear of ridicule um they see it as weakness yeah and I just wanted to stand up and say, hey, it's happened. Yeah. And it was an interesting thing because it wasn't the, the feedback. It wasn't the feedback. It was actually people reaching out to me, mm. you know, by text and some people via LinkedIn, you know, direct messaging that I didn't even know. Mm. They said, thanks for letting me know about this. 
And then they told me about their problem. Yeah. And these are people that I didn't know from Adam. Yeah. And and they're sort of saying thanks for sharing it because and and, and I think this is this is what I, I want from this. You know, if if we can all help, if I can help one person to speak about a problem, whether they're lonely, whether they're going through a psychosis episode, yeah. whether they're they're feeling exhausted in business or outside of business, yeah. because I think w- what goes on in business and outside of business, it's still same. one life, right? Yeah, it is it, 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 it's the same, and that's what I wanted to actually say. Look, I'm right by it. If, if people think I, I never thought I was going to get ridiculed, I, I, yeah. I didn't at all. Yeah, um, but I think that's where some people don't open up. That's correct. Um, and and your head's quite—it's it's a very powerful tool, right? Yeah. Good or bad? Yeah. Um, it, it it really is. I, I I look at myself running a business. Yeah. And um, there's plenty of other people that are running a business, and they've got to stand up on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and they're Saturday and Sunday. And they, they've got to be switched on. So I think the point is there. Everyone's going through something at any given point in time. Yeah. Um, and I think if we look at the economic crisis and some people are really hurting. Yes. You know, whether it's through the price of fuel, um, the price of the mortgage rates, yeah. rental crisis and all of the above, you know, there, there is that knock-on effect. So it's not just business owners. No, it's everybody. You know, that are necessarily going through stress. I think it's everybody, you know, to a certain extent. And it's... Uh, of the people that reached out to me, business owners again, coming back to that, everyone looks at me and go, Yeah, it's you're successful, you're running a company, you're standing up there, um, you've got this suit on, or you've got an office. Yeah. But behind the scenes, sometimes it's not always like that. You're worried about the dollar coming into the bank so you can afford to pay for the staff or whatever it may be. That's correct. And that's been, to me, that's been exacerbated in COVID. You know, some people lost their business, yeah. lost their houses. Yeah. And they don't want to, um, you know, necessarily say something yeah. in fear of worry. Whereas, again, that, when I actually put something on LinkedIn, it wasn't a call for help. I know. Um, and I, I can see th- I, social media again, you know, there's definitely people that, you know, put them as, as a call for help. And again, coming back to that point, I think social media is a massive instigator of some of these problems because you, I, I see all the time where you, you see these people, lovely holidays, lovely cars, everything seems great. Mm-hmm. And then months later, it's like, it's actually not great. It's a falseness. That's right. So you've got these other people looking at, let's keep up with the Joneses. Yeah. And these people, they, they don't know. Missing out. So they, yeah. they, they don't know. And it, mm-hmm. it, it does come back to money again. It's, it's an emotional thing. And some people think, we have to keep up with the Joneses. Yeah, at the detriment um, of their happiness often. Exactly. And, you know, my psychosis episode, somebody actually asked me the other day, are you glad you went there, Cole? And I thought about it. I thought, well, I'm not necessarily glad that I went there yeah. to hospital. <laughs> I'm not necessarily glad that I took my close friends and my wife on the journey. Yeah. But deep down, I think in the lowest place you can be, you've actually learned so much. And actually what's really important yeah, of course money's important, but, you know, having I, – I kept apologising after the event to my wife mm. and to the kids because I know as a as an ex-business owner and, you know, maybe I still want another one. Yeah. But I kept apologising, saying, look, I'm so sorry I wasn't there for you all. Yeah. Um, I was always concentrating on work. And she's yeah. like, no, 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 you, you know, but I wish I'd have done more and I was worried because Lockie's now 15 – um, Eve is now 11 and I, I started to feel guilty 
that I hadn't spent that time with them and they're growing up without me. Yeah. Whereas I'm glad that I actually was at the lowest point because I've now even more focused on those family values going, well, you know, work isn't everything. Yep. Some of the companies or, or the, the owners that I've spoken to, I can see what they're going through. Yeah. They're exhausted. Yep. They're stressed. They're still running at pace. And everything seems to, not everything, you know, yeah. it comes in on top of you. Yeah. And because you've got a business and you're responsible for a number of other people, whether it's one person, two people, 25 people, or 100, yeah. um, the focus detaches away from the family yeah. because you've got to keep your business afloat and the money coming in because you're responsible for all those individual staffs and their livelihoods as well. That's great. So yeah. I, I, that get, pressure. I, I yeah. get the stress. Yeah. I get the stress. Yeah. And, and that's one of the reasons, again, I mean, there's a number of reasons why I felt guilty, why I felt bad. I'd taken the staff on a journey yeah. and then all of a sudden I'm taken on another journey but I also felt I'd lied for about 17 or 18 months because I couldn't tell them what the process we were going through. Yeah. Um, so I couldn't ask them to say, do you want to come along on a different journey as well? Yeah. Okay. So there's a mixture of, mixture of emotions. So, so that guilt comes from that. I think, um, yeah, there's, there's, there's so much to it, isn't there? And, and I think people don't often realise how much um, business owners do carry around with them. And there is guilt around not telling people things because you can't at the time. You don't know what it looks like. Um, there is sacrifice and trade-offs um, and we often prioritise things that probably aren't as important until, in some cases, it's too late. I mean, many people divorce and separate. I think we have to acknowledge that um, there's two people in your life that really knew you well and stuck by you and that's your wife and, and your mate who who could probably see this coming and, and took the right steps at the time that that occurred. I'm sure there were many others that really involved themselves and, and looked after your family. Oh, ma- massive. And, uh, you know, again, for me, you know, again, coming back to another point, there is people out there that I know personally, mm. uh, you know, have reached out to me on the back of this and actually said, thanks for talking about it. My point is I'm lucky that I've got a really, you know, good relationship with my wife and a close set of friends. Um, Some of the individuals that reached out to me um, and as I'm asking, you know, what's going through their head? And I thought it would be, I'm going through business stress. Um, And one one individual, um, he's, it's completely different scenario. Yeah. You know, he's, he's uh, split up with his wife. There's three kids involved. Yeah. Um, and he hasn't. He, he he just assumed I've got a good network of people. And I said, "Yes, I have." Um, but he hadn't. Yeah. Some people don't think there's help out there. Yes. Um, even if they haven't got many people around them. Yeah. Um, and bizarrely enough, you know, I know I've got a really good network of people. Yeah. You know, from the business, from mates, from family. Um, but in that psychosis episode, I felt so lonely. Mm. I felt, you know, again that I'd just done this for likes. Yeah. Um, again, going back to that social, social media. Social media thing. pressure. Um, so I'm glad that my wife forced me to go to hospital. Yeah. You know, because she could see something that was wrong. My mate could see something that was wrong. Yeah. I was denying it. Yeah. But some people don't get that support because they haven't necessarily got the network. However, you know, um, there is, there's always someone willing to listen. Yeah. There's always, you know, someone willing to help. Yeah. And it's actually amazing, you know, when you actually do speak about it, how many other people speak about it as well? That's correct. And it's like this domino effect. And 
and I always say a problem shared is a problem halved. Yep. And I, I agree with so that. And that's that's the whole point, isn't it? Let's let's hope that people listening uh, today, if they know someone or they recognise symptoms with friends or family, that that maybe they they keep an eye out. Um, that you, you're right. I think the world can be such a lonely place, no matter how many friends you have or how strong your family is. At times, loneliness is something that we all go through. I think business owners go through lonely periods of time because of that ability to. to sometimes hold information in for future use that can feel very lonely and isolating because of those decision-making exercises that you have to go through. And so I guess, and social media is, is damaging. And social media can be used for good and... Oh, it, it's, you know. yeah, it's, again, it's, it's super good. It's, it's absolutely brilliant. You know, for anyone or, you know, for business, it's, it's good to promote a business. Yeah. Um, it's good to promote yourself. It's good to keep in contact with people, but I think we're be always real. connected. Yeah, yeah, real. I mean, I, I prefer to use the word authentic. Authentic, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, they're, they're similar words, right? But um, yeah, it's it's such a powerful tool for good and bad. Yeah, and it can be misread as well, and it's so addictive though. <laughs> it's true isn't it we probably all need a a social media cleanse at times I don't know I don't know where we go with that one (laughs) Um, I think with with this you know we'll use social media for what I hope is good and we'll share this story and we'll we'll hope that we're helping other people talk about it Um, because I think that's a step that if people are talking about it reducing that stigma um, making sure that people know that they can reach out to their friends or professionals to, to when they're feeling vulnerable. Um, I think that's important and I think getting the help you need probably before you hit psychosis is what we want to encourage people to do. But even if you get to that state. That. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you talked about something a little way back when we were talking about your mate recognising some of these um, issues in you before probably you had and you said that um, his thought was that this would affect you because you wouldn't have the same purpose. I think that's a really interesting word. It's something that I've been doing a lot of reading on at the moment, meaning and purpose. We, we, we me, me too. Yes. <laughs> and we have talked about that together. But, you know, we, we look at our retirees and we see retirement as a really interesting topic. And that's probably where you and I have talked about this. Um, where do we find yep. meaning and purpose when we're not working anymore? Or in your case, you know, what's next? Um, maybe from a work opportunity or where you will find meaning and purpose. And it's really hard, isn't it? Because, again, we've, we've been taught that we learn, grow to school, learn to get a job, work hard in that job, achieve success, whatever that looks like. I've got my fingers waving in in inverted commas, um, which is different for everybody. Um, And then we stop working and we're expected to be happy. But I think happiness comes from finding meaning and purpose. And I've also been told um, by a very smart cousin of mine, um, who works with a lot of executives that um, feeling competent uh, is also another uh, measure of success. And I think competency for a lot of us comes from doing good at work. What do you think about that? What's meaning and purpose for you now or in the future? And, and how do you find feeling competent or find ways to feel competent? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really interesting. I mean, like last year, I think I, I was beating myself up, you know, 
pretty badly in the head going, you know, what is my purpose now? Because yes, I've achieved the dream. Yeah. <laughs> was it, was it a dream? Wasn't it, 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 you want to come first, right? I mean, I'm competitive. Yes, you've got the sporty, um, sporty competitiveness. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, maybe again, because I've raised a business, grown a business, people have helped me, I've helped them. And the success was yet selling a business and you, you'll get to that top tier in, in your head. It's like, well, what do I do next? Like, so me for purpose. And, you know, going back to that lady that actually asked me, you know, are you glad you went there? You know, again, in your head. And this all ties to the same story. I am so glad, not in a strange way, a weird way, I'm so glad that I got that low because I think I found my purpose of helping others. Yeah. I've always liked helping others. And maybe in that psychosis period, you know, I felt like I couldn't help anyone, so I felt guilty. Whereas coming out the other side, I think I could now recognise people's headspace, yeah, okay. where they might be at. And, yeah, I think my purpose definitely is to help others. And I don't know quite the shape or format just yet. Sure, yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm starting to do a little bit of volunteering. Um, I've started consulting for, your, for a few companies. And, um, you know, it's, it's interesting when you go into another company as opposed to being the head of the company or an employee you see things so differently yeah without the stress yeah that's true (laughs) Um, yeah i've i've noticed other people's stresses and i don't want to sound arrogant here but it's you you sort of want to say if you just do that this will happen yeah (laughs) because i've been there before yeah you know it's you've sort of got to guide people through that journey and out of the journey because i don't want people to get to the situation that I did and you know again coming back to that I think there's this PTSD still mm. and it will happen for a long period of time my belief yeah you know it's not something I've read in the papers but I think there's still that stress with a lot of people of business owners yeah because they were worried and there's many people out there business owners in particular yeah that need help and we all think as the business owner who do we lean on if we're the singular you know director or the the only company owner we can't tell anyone. Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah, so that's why yeah, the, the, that, yeah, the, the stress is magnified for those people because they can't tell anyone. So they almost, I wonder if there's a boom in business coaches at the moment, um, you know, and, and mentoring because I wonder if people yeah, are, but, yeah. Possibly, mm. um, possibly. And I, that's sort of, it, it's something, I'm actually catching up with a, uh, a mate of mine that's, uh, he's, he's, he's been a consultant for years. So, I'm starting asking all these questions like, how do you do it properly? Um, what do you do? Do you need to get certified? Yeah. And people are going, well, you run your business, you've acquired a business, you've grown a business. I mean, is that enough? I don't know. Mm. Um, but I think, you know, business as a whole, including mental health, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is, is, it's a massive thing. It is. It's a massive yeah. thing. And, and people do need support. Yeah. They really do. You know, sometimes if it's just, shit, this, goes, this has gone down or this is how I'm feeling just to be able to say, well, I felt that I couldn't talk to my wife about the business mm-hmm. with the stresses and strains. I didn't want her to know what was going on. You, you come and tell them all the good things yes. because you don't want the home life to be affected. Of course, yeah. So it's, it's a build-up and that, that, that's probably where my my headspace is going in terms of business coaching, you yeah. know, implementing help for businesses, maybe a little bit of mental health coaching as well. All of that in, 
encapsulated into, into one. I think there's something in it. Oh, I, I would agree um, 100%. It's a holistic approach and I think that you would be um, the perfect person to to be sharing your skills and your knowledge and your experiences with other people and helping them. I, I had a guest on our show, um, ooh, I'm terrible with time nowadays, since COVID I can't quite work out <laughs> what year it is and when things happen, but um, Rachel, yeah, Rachel King, so um, people can search back on a, uh, one of our episodes with Rachel and she is a... I'm jotting this down. Yeah, she's, well, she's a mental health first aid coach. Um, and so she will go into big businesses and help leadership teams recognise and train their staff to look for mental health and, and know how to apply mental health first aid, which, which I think sounds fascinating. Um, I, I also think that it's just a sign of the world we live in now. Um, the world isn't simple, it's complex. There's too much information, not lack of information anymore. And, and that, that information overload bubbles away in our brains. You're right, I think social media puts pressures of its own on there. I think most humans are competitive in some way and sometimes it's just the basic of wanting what everybody else has got. It doesn't have to be to be the best but it's just wanting what somebody else, whether it's the person next door or the person down the street has. And so that pressure we put on ourselves creates maybe those negative feelings. I don't think money has to be evil. I think that money is an enabler and I think that what we try and teach people, and certainly through this podcast and these sorts of conversations, is to prioritise what's important to you. Um, you've done that really well over the last 12 to 18 months. And with your assistance. <laughs> thank you. Um, <laughs> but, but really, um, it's, it's you driving that. And it's about making sure that you understand what's prior, uh, a priority to you and getting the money you need to make that happen. And that's success. You know, if, if your money can be used for the things that are most important to you and your family and that can achieve what you want to have, then that is success. doesn't mean you necessarily need more. Um, it probably means you don't want less. So, yeah, there's a maintenance um, effect that I think, you know, most of us have to work hard at. But, but I think finding meaning and purpose and enabling your money to provide that to you is where you can move away from feeling guilt or, or shame or lack of deservingness around money because it's just a thing. It comes and goes. Um, so it, it, it really does. And it's, we've had this conversation obviously a, a few weeks ago when I had that appointment with you. Yeah. I've, I've got, because we've got, you know, a decent chunk of money in the bank. Yeah. You know, we've, I think we've invested well, but, um, you know, now Lockie's 15 and I've, I've Lockie again, obviously, you, you know, he's, he's my son, yeah. but, um, I, have sort of taken myself back to when I was a kid and, you know, mum and dad, they were workers as am I, but they didn't have the money we had. Yeah. And, you know, again, we took the kids recently to, uh, to, to, to America and, you know, Lockie asked for one thing and then he'd ask for more and I just go, yeah, that's fine. But in particular in America, I was like, Lou, we can't do this anymore. Yeah. Because it, it, I think it just became a thing when I was so busy at work mm. That you know, you just go, yeah. Of course, you can have another drink. That's fine. Now we can afford a second drink. That's it's yes. all good. But I want to teach my kids the value of money. Yeah. That it doesn't grow on trees. Yeah. And there's a there, there there is a purpose to it. There's a value to it. It's just not just not everyone's got enough or 
how much do we need? I think that's 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 what I've yeah. learned myself. Yeah. You actually don't need too much in life to actually have a happy life. That's correct. And there's a lot of studies. I've, I've always got to look this up, actually, so I don't get the, the facts completely right. Um, but there is a study on happiness and, and how it's connected with money. And they often say that people who have you know, who can't afford food and, 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 and a roof over their head don't have a lot of happiness. But those in the middle that have enough money um, to be able to eat and have uh, a roof over their head are generally happiest up until a point when they have too much money, and I can't remember what that amount is, but it's a surprisingly low amount, let's call it. This is a global study and so it was something like 70,000 per annum. Um, any, any amount above that actually doesn't bring any more happiness. In fact, it, the, the more there is at that top end, the more misery that is often found. And I've always found that really interesting. And it doesn't mean that therefore everybody who's got a lot of money is doomed. I don't think that's right. I think this is where we've got to go and connect back to what our priorities are um, and, and what's important. And you do have to still teach your kids the value of of a drink and, and whether it is worth, you know, if, if, if it's a $5 soft drink and they've just had one, do they really need two? It's not necessarily about the $5. Um, sometimes no, it's, it's about the, it's the amount of sugar in those soft drinks, but it's also about, well, you've had one, do you really need another? When there are people in the world that couldn't even afford to buy that one soft drink, let alone two. Um, but it's really, really challenging lessons when, you know, yeah, we don't have physical money anymore. We tap and go. We don't see money. We don't see that exchange. It's all electronically transferred. Uh, it just doesn't have that same connection for us. And so we've got to really work twice as hard as understanding what it means for us and what the priorities are with that money. Yeah, interesting. I mean, it's, it's funny. Lou and I, sometimes what we do, we actually, not that you see cash much these days, yeah. but um, every every few months we just go, right, okay, the, in the account, let's just take a certain amount of money out. Yep. And it is so surprising how much better we budget yeah. when we can physically. And to me, you know, handing over money, it's it hurts. <laughs> you can see it, you can feel it. <laughs> That's right. It's got it, a feeling, it, yeah. It, 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 it has got a feeling. Yeah. It has got a feeling. And, you know, there's an emotional attachment to it as well, yeah. coming back to, you know, the, 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 the point. Whereas when you tap and go or you, you pick your phone up, I mean, yeah. again, everything's on your phone. Yep. You can just you don't see it. It doesn't feel like it's yours. And obviously yeah. obviously our kids they're coming into well, they're already there. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think that was the point about, you know, Lockie, you've already had one drink, you don't need a second. If you if you need a second, there's a there's a there's a there's a tap back in the hotel, like Yeah. Go and have a glass of water. Exactly. Yeah, no, I think it's really because otherwise it's just gone. Yeah, it's gone, and it goes on on those little incidental things as opposed to things that are more important. Um, that you, again, as a family, would set what's more important to you. That's the important point, I guess. Really thinking about what that money means for you, and how hard you've worked to get it. <laughs> again, brings us full circle, I guess, in in what we've talked about today. So, I guess, um, is there anything else you'd like to share today um, before we we sort of sign out? No, I, again, I, th I think just just to, just to finalise, you know, thanks for inviting us back. Um, and if anyone has listened to this, and you know, you are experiencing, you know, some mental health exhaustion, um, there's plenty of people out there that want to want to listen. They 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 they, they, they want to talk to you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, reach out to a mate if you can't reach out to a mate. There's plenty of organisations, charity organisations. Um, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of people that are suppressing how they feel for fear of am I weak 
it might be a company owner, it might be just someone just listening or, or, or just talking. Talking is a massive thing. Yeah. It really is. So, you know, just reach out to somebody. Yeah, I think that's so, a, well. a really great um, great advice. And and I think the word weakness is, is I hope that we can make people feel that that's not the case. I actually think that you're just human. I think there's everybody feels that at some point. Um, so if we can normalise that and remove the stigma, that um, that will be fantastic because maybe then people will feel more confident to talk to others. Well, people I, I, having conversations with people just just recently, they're saying, you know, it's there's this trust thing, yeah. and people don't generally share unless they trust that it's going to be kept within that circle. Yep. Um, and you know, if if you haven't got a best mate, there's there's still people out there that will pick up the phone, or you can go and visit them. Yeah. You know, um, there's organisations that do it, but you know, those people that have got mates, don't be afraid. Yeah. To reach out because you might just find. Yeah. That individual you speak to might have a similar issue um, or feeling the same, same sort of thing and they go, oh, wow, I thought the same or I feel the same. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. And it just it seems to just halve the problem. Problem shared is a problem halved. The other thing that I think is really great advice, um, and Ben Crow talks about this all the time and it, it, it resonates with me so much, is listen to your inner fan, not your inner critic. Um, you know, we're so, our, our little voice in our head is often yapping at us with, with a negative um, voice and um, we just need to switch that guy off and turn on the positive voice and the one that says, hey, you're doing a good job and you tried your best and tomorrow's another day and, and that type of thing. You're naturally an optimist and a positive person so I know for you to be in that dark space it was probably very challenging for all those that really care about you. I know I was certainly shocked and concerned and... So glad you're back to our positive Ted Lasso, Colin. <laughs> Mindset is everything. It, is. it really is. Yeah. It really is. It really is. Yeah. But no, thank you, Tanya. I really appreciate your time. Yep, lovely. And thank you again for sharing. Thank you. Chat soon. This podcast is for general information only. It contains brief comments not intended to be the basis for decision-making nor to be taken as a substitute for personal advice. Please contact Amplify Wealth Management to discuss any matters that may be relevant to your individual situation. Money Mind. If you have any questions about your financial future, please head to amplifywealth.com.au. Money Mind is available to download and subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts.